This is a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne, truly independent community radio. Welcome aboard the Starship Zero-G, science fiction, fantasy and historical radio. I'm Rob Jan. And Megan McHugh. And here we are with episode 1218, which has been listening to people talk about football. Yes. Do you have any idea what they're talking about? I do, but I know, <laughs> I know that football's not necessarily your uh, cup of tea. I understand oblate spheroids quite well, <laughs> usually in context of Easter and xenomorph eggs. Well. But you know what? Listening to them, what I heard was passion. <laughs> and they actually sounded like us talking about science fiction and fantasy. Well, exactly. Yeah, which is all to the good. Now, rolling over like an oblate spheroid, sort of like wobbly and <laughs> getting into all sorts of trouble, we are going to talk about Doctor Who Resolution. Mm-hmm. The final episode of the season, or actually their, their New Year's special. And the only new episode of Doctor Who being aired in 2019 because they're having a hiatus. Oh, that happened all too quickly. I was just getting into the flow of things and then bloody British TV, they're like, surprise. You can't do more than <laughs> 10 episodes yeah, without it's falling like the over. absolute maximum. <laughs> oh, well, well, you know. And we'll also be going swimming with Aquaman. Yes. Because I think it's time to do that. And also have a look at uh, some things coming up in January too because it's a big year and it's starting quite large. And awards season is upon us and all of that business. Oh, that's true. I forgot about that. The The motivation. The Golden Globes are happening. Happening right now, I think. So everyone wants to get their product out there. Yes, exactly. All right. Now, uh, we are looking at Doctor Who Resolution first off. Um, and there's a reason, actually, why I wanted to do, do, do the Doctor first today. Um, I was just looking at uh, people who've got birthdays today in the genre. Mm. Charles Adams, the Adams Family. There's an animated movie coming out about the Adams Family. Is there? This year, yes. Gene uh, L. Kuhn from Star Trek, one of the producers. Uh, the, the original series, martial artist, director, producer and writer, Samo Hung. Nice. His birthday's today. Nicolas Cage. Oh. <laughs> Wannabe Superman. Yes. But, Pro- but, you know, lots of content. I was think- I was looking at a list of his movies the other day. Don't ask why. And I was like, he has done a lot. Mm. He's done a lot. But he is in the Marvel Universe. He's a ghost writer. He was. That's true. That's and, true. But, yes, yeah, Superman was always top of his list. And... Um, uh, the girl in uh, Kick-Ass, he, he was her dad, playing that right. Batman-like character. That's right. And, I mean, technically he was one of the Spider-Man noir. Correct. So, yeah. so he's, he's got a lot that we we admire. And somebody else got a birthday today, Jeremy Renner. My favourite <laughs> arrow-wielding um, superhero with a dark past. Yes, not... Not to be mistaken for Green Arrow. No. <laughs> I don't very, know very much about him. But, yes. Oh, that's delightful. How old is he turning? Let's look it up. Oh, five. I don't know. Erin <laughs> <laughs> like Gray, who used to be Wilma Deering in the Buck Rogers television series. And tomorrow, of course, David Bowie's birthday. Oh. 
Oh. Uh, he also, he, he not only was he born on the uh, the 8th, he died on the 10th of January oh. in 2016. Um, but also tomorrow we have William Hartnell, the first oh, yes. doctor. Yep. Even uh, I knew that. And Stephen Hawking. Oh, wow. As well, yeah. So all of those people, some of them care not about their birthdays now. Mm. Uh, it's irrelevant to them, but I'm sure that the people who knew them marking their birthdays. And talking about William Hartnell brings us to Doctor Who Resolution. Yes, which I've failed in my duty. I forgot that there was a New Year special and I've just completely I'm, I've just completely missed it. So, But I will watch it back. But Have please. you even watched the Sabrina Christmas special? I yet? have. I have watched that now. And it was a delight. Yeah. I really think it was, it did enough to move the plot, but it was Christmassy. Yeah. So. In a, in yeah. a Sabrina way. Yeah. And I like <laughs> I like new dark Sabrina stuff. I, I think yeah. they should embrace that. So I'm all about holiday specials. So I will still watch this Doctor Who one. Yeah. But I think we're doing spoilers though, aren't we? Yeah, we yeah, are. Because it's fine. a week afterwards. Uh, well, it was written by the showrunner himself, Chris Chibnall, mm-hmm. and directed by Wayne Yip, who is a uh, director who did has worked on Preacher, oh. two episodes of Doctor Who during Peter Capaldi's incarnation, okay. uh, Empress of Mars, and also The Lie of the Land, uh, episodes of the spin-off of Doctor Who, Class, mm-hmm. uh, worked on Into the Badlands, the superhero series Cloak and Dagger. Uh-huh. The superhero series Misfits. Oh, yeah, nice. Uh, the Douglas Adam derived Dirk Gently's Holistic Deten- Detective Agency. Original British, or? Uh, I would assume. Uh, yes. Because the they British did remake right. that, yeah. And also a show called Utopia, which is not um, to be confused with um, anything to do with Australia. That's the that's the one we talked about, that. The one that was based, uh, it's like about that graphic novel that, mm. and there's like eye gouging and stuff. Yes. <laughs> But I didn't feel like gouging my eyes out after watching Doctor Who Resolution. And indeed, I, I felt this was a good resolution to the first season of Jodie Whittaker's Sojourn in the TARDIS. Um, I can say right off the top, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the spoiler is that it's um, a Dalek story. And curse you, BBC, for sending me a, uh, a picture in, the, in my email <laughs> box. Before I'd watched it? Yeah. That morning? And it was like, oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> don't do this to me. But, you know. Because um, that, that's like a, a big reveal. Yeah, Daleks always try and do a bit of a reveal, and in this case it was. Uh, it starts out in the, uh, the ninth century where we find that three opposing factions are widely disseminating an item of interest, an item of future interest and of past horror across the face of the earth so that it can't be put back together. How (laughs) how often do we hear that story? Yeah, I know. It sounds like a MacGuffin to me. Yeah, infinity stones. Mm. uh, Horcruxes. Yeah, everything, you know. Uh, So that was a little bit of a trope that... um, but, But they did it quite well. There was a big, huge medieval battle that we saw... Um, which is unusual for Doctor Who to go all out. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, a bunch of reenactors, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and guess where one of those pieces ends up? In? Sheffield. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> nice. And, of course, this is uh, the cue for Enter the Doctor, who's been um, uh, showing her uh, companions New Year's. 
about uh, 19 of them all because mm-hmm. she's got the Tartars. Yeah, so right. So she's been hopping around doing this. We don't cool. actually see any of those other ones, but, um, you know, Jodie describes them with her usual sense of wonder, mm. breathless sense of wonder. Yeah. Um, and that that that, always, that that is endearing her to me constantly. The excite, yeah, like the still renewed exci- excitement. Oh, and I, I bought in today just for uh, sound oh, effects. Oh, you have one. <laughs> Can I see? Yeah, this is Jodie Foster's thirteenth Doctor official sonic screwdriver toy. Mm. We I was talking about that last week, but I forgot to bring it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, it's great, isn't it? It's probably got an Easter egg hidden away in there if you press the button three times or four or something like that, but I haven't been on it. You have to point it with purpose. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got to, you've got to, yeah, we, she does that. A so real well. stretch. Yeah. Real reach out. Uh, she hears an alarm from Earth and they all go scrabbling back to Sheffield, find out that the uh, this Dalek has been um, resurrected mm. by some hapless archaeologists. And thereby hangs the tail, basically, as this Dalek tries to complete its scouting mission to Earth, which it began in in the ninth century. Um, I thought this was a, a really fine story. I know there are tropes in here you've seen before. Really, you're not gonna not see tropes that you haven't seen before. At this point, as long as something new is being added or it, it's done particularly well, like I mm. think it's fine. Like. There's, I mean, there's no new ideas. It's a solid Dalek episode. Um, single Dalek episodes work quite well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I love the... Um, they're called car leads when they're not inside their Dalek casing. They're squidgy sort of squiddy things. Um, and I love the uh, the Tony Stark car led mm-hmm. DIY approach for this monster to recreate its um, armour. Okay. So it's like in a cave with a box of scraps and it does that. Nice. So I thought that was kind of cool. And they chose a real – because these Dalek um, blobs can take you over, Mm -hmm. like ride on the back of you like awful brain-sucking parasites. And it did that to uh, one of the the characters, um, uh, Lynn, who was an archaeologist played by Charlotte Ritchie, and – I thought this was a really good way that they did this. Uh, okay. She acted the part because basically she's being controlled by this Khaled Dalek creature. So it's all on her to to, to not only lit- literally carry the monster mm. but carry off the role of, of being the Dalek. Yeah, right. And she did a fine Ooh. job with that. She really sold it. She was in... Um, uh, nurse Barbara Gilbert in Call the Midwife. Mm-hmm. And ironically, just be, in a six-minute short film called the Time Travelers Support Group. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that That's idea. Good connection there. Uh, her her, her um, sidekick uh, fellow archaeologist Mitch was played by Nikesh Patel mm-hmm. and he really he, he got just the right level of concern for his, his friend and uh, colleague. Uh, Daniel uh, Adeg Boyega played Aaron played um, Aaron, who's Ryan's dad, who, of course, just gets reflect, uh, referred to by um, okay. Jody's doctor as Ryan's dad. <laughs> uh, so there was stuff to unpack there for Ryan. Yeah. Basically. All right. Okay. Um, We've been hinting towards that for a while anyway. Yeah. Like, so they, they pushed into he's that. He's clearly got some issues to work through. Um, seen him on... Um, Oddly enough, um, a series called Atlantis, which is a television series about mm. ancient Atlantis. 
And uh, he was in Transformers last night as a voice or oh, something. Well. Know, we won't go there. <laughs> and Nicholas Briggs did the voice of the Dalek and he's got so much history voicing Daleks. Do they do – what do they – they speak, do they? Yeah, they speak. In, with a voice. With a voice. A robot voice. A robot voice. Yeah. Okay. Gosh, you, you haven't heard a no, Dalek no, speak never, I thought it just did a bunch of bleep. Oh, no, like no, 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 no. They have a voice. Okay. Uh, anyway, wait till you – I can't wait till you see it. All right. Okay. I'm yeah. interested. I'm intrigued. The, the Daleks, of course. Doctor Who But, yeah, but everybody <laughs> starts somewhere with these mm. things. Um, the Daleks are always um, resolute, ruthless, cruel and callous unless they're not. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and this all shows up very well in the story. We get some great callbacks to previous Doctors. Uh, they talk about the Black Archives where um, objects of power are stored away and not supposed to be uh, let out easily. Unfortunately, yeah. that does happen in this because of Brexit. Yeah, well. <laughs> Budgets not being what they used to be. <laughs> it's actually some great jokes about that in this. Uh, and, you know, I, I thought they played very well with the family dynamic that they've been building. And if that's not your cup of tea, okay, mm. I get that. But it is mine in this case because I, I just like the way that it's been evolving yeah. throughout the story. Uh, and, and I just enjoyed this. It's it's a good Dalek story, um, not as large scale as some of the ones we've seen before with entire mm. regiments and battle fleets and stuff. But I guess it's sort of bringing some more nostalgia because... Oh, yeah. A lot of the episodes haven't had much Doctor Who kind of lore. They've had some, as we've discussed in our copious analysis of it over the past, um, you know, dozen weeks. Mm. Um, but this one, this one really felt like it was part of the canon. Yeah, uh, and that's a Dalek canon. But it also had some moments in it that felt entirely Jodie Whittaker. Yeah. Um, I was watching the regeneration scene again when Peter Capaldi turns into, uh, evolves into the Jodie Whittaker Doctor's incarnation, uh, and um, his speech from that has resonated throughout this whole series. Mm. He says at least three or four times, "Always be kind," mm. and I felt Jodie Whittaker's Doctor has nailed that. Yeah, I mean, I think from what I've read as well, like it's it's sort of regenerated or revived the franchise. But I also think that it's a nice, um, for people like me who are coming into it, mm. she's a really likeable um, protagonist mm -hmm. and she's very, you know, you really can relate to her, but she's still edgy enough, I think. She's not just fluffy. Uh, do you feel like this is a, I can't answer this question myself. How do you feel uh, as, as a, a new Doctor Who fan do you, do you feel like she was weighed down by the baggage of the past? No, I don't think so. I haven't gotten that sense as a new viewer, mm -hmm. So, which, which I think then demonstrates that there wasn't a whole bunch of stuff I just wasn't understanding or knowing like, that they were showing me. Yeah. Um, I think they've done enough to explain just enough, but also still have some stuff in there for like fans and things like that. You asked me if you were in, in, um, going a couple of weeks ago whether or not if you were going back to watch earlier Doctor, mm. what you would do. And I actually think that the best answer at the moment, the simplest answer is just go back to the start of new Doctor Who. Mm, okay. And yeah. watch that first Christopher Eccleston season, which then segues into the other Doctors. Yeah. And, and that will put you in good stead. Whether you go back to even earlier, if you ever did, um, 
probably I'd, I'd say the the simplest way in would be Tom Baker in the 1970s. Okay. Um, you know, you might push it and go back to some of John Pertwee's ones as well. These are some of my personal favourite doctors. Yeah. But but you know, go with the new Who, and really that that would set you up. Yeah. And I think it's something that I am more interested in after having spent some time with this season, which I guess is, I mean, that's exactly what they want. That's the outcome, and remember, optimal it's, outcome, And it's really. a British series, so it's not 13 seasons of... Um... Well, it's going to, yeah, exactly. It's not even going to take me that long to get through it, probably. No. Um, Actually, this is an interesting... I don't know. Are we in the, are we in the 13th series? No. Season? No. Not of New Who. No, 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 no. I'm conflating that with Doctor Who. The Doctor The number. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay, I thought it was a, a good solid story. Um, I'm not real happy that I have to wait mm. another year before yeah. I get any more new Doctor Who. Um, but it's I, look, such a long time. I've bided my time in the big hiatus between, um, you know, between Sylvester McCoy and Christopher Eccleston with that one spot in the middle of um, Paul McGann in the Christmas, uh, sorry, in the uh, television movie that they did. Uh, but, you know, so I can wait. Yeah. Mm. Gosh. <sighs> so we, we'll have a track here now. Or we will have a track here now, uh, which to you Oh, just... I know. No, I know. They say, <laughs> what's that thing they say? It's not, it's to destroy or something. Yeah, exterminate. That exterminate. Yeah. Exterminate. Yeah. And I am a person have... that lives on the earth. I think everybody's heard that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, we will play a track called uh, The Doctor Will See You Now. It is from Blair Mowat's soundtrack, which has just been released, actually, um, oh. with 43 tracks on it. And this is a spin-off Doctor Who series, Class. And when they say The Doctor Will See You Now, that's because it's actually Peter Capaldi's Doctor uh, appearing in this story, briefly. <laughs> so here we go with The Doctor Will See You Now. Hello, Nimrods. <laughs> this is Master Shake from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. And I'm Meatwad, a key member of Aqua Teen Hunger Force. And guess what? You're listening to Zero G. On 3 FM, Australia's only real classic rock, right? You do classic rock I here, right? I thought this was easy listening. Ah, uh, whatever. It don't matter. I'll talk all the time. What, but with music. 3 FM. And no one will defeat the Quad Laser. Actually, it was, it was great when I walked into Triple R today. I could tell that everyone was back. The, you know what the overriding sound was? Mm. The tacking of computer keyboards <laughs> as people got into it. It is kind of nice. I like this phase of the year where people are just, you know, sort of trickling back to work and yeah. just getting back into the swing of things, seeing people after the holiday. And I don't know, it's nice. I mean, I'd rather still be on holiday, but <laughs> it, it's not too shabby. Well, me, me, me being me, um, it's... It, 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 as much as I love people being around, it's, it's also great when there's no one around. Yeah, I actually like public holidays and things when you come in, it's all quiet. Yeah, and it's, I've got that whole, well, with me, it's a whole post apocalyptic thing. And, you know, it's all happened while, and I'm the last survivor who's made it into Triple R, <laughs> you know, telling people where to go, where to take shelter, and, mm. and, which would be really unwise because they would really wouldn't want to listen to me. <laughs> Unless it was a zombie apocalypse and then, you know. Oh, well. They could probably take what I say as gospel. I think this would be a pretty good place to have a bunker in the case of an apocalypse. Well, it's got stairs in the front because so the zombies would trip over. And, like, I get, like, lots of, like, security door and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that can help. 
they mound up and you know and there's like that one entry point so if you had some kind of you know you just need to man that that yeah, door yeah <laughs> let's not talk about too much about the security arrangements at Triple <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh new stuff Coming up in January, Netflix is um, got quite a few shows dropping in Australia. <laughs> and you're going to laugh at this one that I've watched a couple of episodes with tidying up with Marie Kondo. Uh, not you too. <laughs> Why do you say that? Well, I mean, it's all over my, my socials. There's a lot of talk and things about it and, you know, sparking joy and such. I have watched some as well. Yeah. I'm not immune. Um, and I certainly could stand to do some tidying up. I just think it's so funny... Um, like, I mean, the things people are really into, you can tell is like post-apocalyptic stuff and like feel-good, life-changing reality TV. Yeah, well, it's interesting, the extremes there between doomsday preppers who are trying to save every possible thing and hoard everything. And then Marie Marie Kondo. Kondo. (laughs) What are your thoughts on that as someone who has a a doomsday prepper? (laughs) Like collectibles and things like that, like... Look, I, I, I've watched a few episodes and I've read her books. Um, I don't think that she quite gets uh, collectors entirely, especially book collectors. But yeah, her, her stance but, on books. Mm. But the principles that she espouses yeah. can be applied to those items. Yeah. Um, so she is there. I, she just, I just feel like there's an, a niche for somebody to go in as a, as a geek mm. and to advise people on how to um, get rid of their stuff. Yeah, there's like a subset, I suppose. There's the, <laughs> the, the, the Marie Kondo stuff and then there's a subset Marie Kondo for geeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably somewhere between um, this show, which is tidying up with Marie Kondo, and uh, American Pickers. Mm. <laughs> somewhere between those two extremes. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's funny, like, yeah, that she kind of... Th- these trends really just permeate all kinds of... You know, like we're talking about it on this show. I just find it so funny. Because I think it's of relevance to geeks and I've, mm. I have found her methods useful. Yeah. Um, I've never seen it before until this television series. Yeah. Because an author photo doesn't deliver her presence as well as actually yeah. seeing her moving around. She she does also give off that energy of, like, that, you know... I mean, she's very Japanese. Yes. And I do like that they have um, her speaking in Japanese and they, the way that they do all of that I really like. Yeah. They don't just dub the hell out of it. Yeah. Um, and and I'm, I'm shameful. I'm awful. Every time I see her on screen, I just can't help blurting out, Hi, Yukio. <laughs> <laughs> like Wade Wilson in Deadpool. <laughs> She's she's very small. She she's is like a little house cleaning fairy, like 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 a, a Roomba or something. Actually, in the way that she just goes in and totally revolutionises people's lives. Mm. Um, do Roombas do that? I don't know. It's a robot. <laughs> must do. Um, so yeah, that's one of the shows that's dropped on Netflix. Uh, Titans is coming up soon, which is. Um, uh, about the team Titans in the DC universe, basically. Uh, Robin is in charge of this little group. Mm. That will end well. Um, so they're all trying to fight crime and they've got their, their all of the problems that go with that and being teenagers, wow. you know, the whole yeah. Buffy thing. Um, that's DC universe, of course. Uh, and Kingdom, which is... Um, that's an odd one. I, I like to think of it as a fantasy series, um, sort of Game of Throne-y, a okay. little bit like that. Um, there's a, a rumour about a king's death. There's a plague. Um, but it, the, the plague um, 
when it infects people, it mean, makes them immune to death but hungry for flesh. Oh, wow. So this is like maybe Game of Thrones zombies and stuff. Cross zombie. Um, yeah. So speaking of um, evil incarnate, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt season four part two mm-hmm. is dropping. <laughs> is it the last? That's it the is. last. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sad about that. Uh, so that, that will um, give you the... Uh, the final conclusion to um, how things will end in that particular oddball science fiction sort of <laughs> universe. Yeah. I get quirky left of reality. 30 Rock. Yeah. That Because it's got, you know, it's um, got all the people behind yeah. that sort I'd of working on it. Rock. Besides it's got John Hamm in it. You know, he does you? a lot of comedy. Yeah. Uh, weekly series. Now, these are the ones that are not dropping all at once. Mm-hmm. Um, Star Trek Discovery. Oh, yes. Season two. Okay. Um, and I wonder if we'll get the short treks that they've been playing as well. I hope so. Maybe. They've been little sort of interim episodes mm. that uh, I'd like to see. Um, and this is going to be great because we're going to see the Enterprise. Yes. And her first captain, Christopher Pike. And we're going to see it's, young Spock. It's and starting to line up. Is that like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I was thinking about the other day actually. Um, uh, there's a lot of complaints about the design being um, way over the top for ten years before Captain Kirk's. And you know how people get oh, people have an opinion on tied everything. up, and that's fair enough. I understand if that's your particular thing because you know I'm a geek. I have that. People too. have their passions, but I figured out a way because yeah. I always look at that. This is a challenge. So this is our <laughs> this is our new canon. How do we explain the difference between the elaborate Klingons of this yeah. and the more streamlined ones of the of the uh, original, uh, yeah. yeah. And then, well, there's more complicated even than that. But let's go with that for the moment. Uh, and I thought it's like the difference between Art Nouveau and Art Deco. <laughs> well, you look at that. You look at the highly embellished, yeah, um, yep. uh, intricate uh, detailing of Art Nouveau, the yeah. organic stuff, and that 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 applies to the uh, the Klingons in Discovery, mm-hmm. and then you go to a more streamlined future, you know, sort yeah, of, like clean, yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. So there you go. It's a fashion. <laughs> it's art. Yeah, it's art. Uh, we've also got um, I O. Uh, I think that's how it's pronounced. Um, where uh, a teen is trying to um, um, repair a poisoned Earth. Oh. Uh, before, um, how do you spell that? She gets I O, as in I think it sounds like the moon of um, of Jupiter, but I don't know if it is or not. Mm. Um, she's trying to get all this done before the last ship leaves Earth to evacuate people. Uh, and then there's um, Carmen San Diego. Oh yes, yeah. I saw that. Well, no, I haven't. I saw that was coming up, yeah. so I'm very excited. Um, so this is, I think, actually in this one, she's she's working with the forces of good, okay, to try and return objects. I'm excited. <laughs> I used to play that game all the time oh. on the computer. It was great. Uh, and the third animated entry in the Godzilla series, which is the Planet Eater. Um, honestly, this is a really uneven series. I found some things in it to watch. Uh, three animated movies set far in the future when mm. God, where Godzilla actually has taken over Earth. Okay. Um, and, and the survivors uh, went off-world to escape him but have now returned. Um, there are good things and bad things about this show. Yeah. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of – it's a bit Godzilla light. Your face isn't encouraging me yeah. to check it out. Yeah. Bits I've liked and many bits I haven't liked. So There's so much 
much content out there. I think I've said that many times, but it's hard to know what to spend time on. As we know, uh, Stan um, has uh, been streaming um, uh, Disney content. Mm -hmm. They've got all the Bonds out there now too. Yes, uh, all 25. It's crazy. And a big chunk of um, the MCU. Yep. And they will be showing uh, Avengers Infinity War from the 15th of January. I wouldn't mind looking back at some of the Avengers and things. I haven't watched that for a while. Yeah. Well, the Astor just had their 48-hour uh, marathon. I saw that. Um, that would be... That's a lot of... It's a lot of action. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're fun, though. They are fun, but I, I just don't want to... I don't have to do that because, yeah. you know, we've got the libraries and stuff. But I like that there's a place for that. Like, yeah. that, I don't know. I mean, people, people are like, oh, superhero, blah, blah, blah. But it's like a lot of people get a lot of joy out of it and that places still put these events on. I think it's good to... Absolutely. Highly to still support that. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I'm mentioning it mm. after it's done. <laughs> <laughs> but for sure, it I will, think... It will come again. Stuff like that is, is always fan fave. <laughs> Yes. Um, so Netflix is responding to Stan having the the, um, the uh, um, MCU stuff and uh, the Bond with the full catastrophe of all the Harry Potter movies. Do they have? Oh yes, they released. I was yeah, yeah. not yet though. Isn't it on the fourteenth? The fifteenth. Yes, I've got it in the diary. Um, so it is a good day for Potter fans. Mm. I will be watching them all. You can have, like, you could, but there's enough of them. Uh, just how many? There's eight. Eight. You could watch those in a day. Yeah. Two, eight, yeah. Well, some of them are longer than others. Mm. But I definitely, I want to go back and watch Half-Blood Prince. But then you'll have to watch both of the the, the other uh, um, Fantastic yeah. and whatnots. Yeah. I'd rather not watch Beast in the World again. But, you know. You put me off that one. I know. I was much more savage than what I had anticipated I would be when talking about it, but I think I was more disappointed than what I realised. I, I know I put a few people off Mortal Engines as well. Which is, <laughs> you put uh, me off Mortal Engines. I was like, oh, they're just uh, not getting my money. Okay, so we're on stand, swatch, swapping streaming networks, mm. crossing the streams, uh, Bloom, that's the um, oh, yes. Australian-based uh, supernatural the youth, one. The youth-having thing. Hmm. With um, Jackie Weaver in it and Brian Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I look forward to that one. I should check that one out. Because we've had some pretty good um, genre content from Australia in the last couple of years. Uh, Glitch, um, also uh, Clever Man. Clever Man. That we- might be a good one to have a little bit of a look at and see. With its exhibition at Acme. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, so, uh, you know, just to mention a few. So I'm going to check that one out. Mm. Uh, we also have <laughs> Supernatural Season 13. Yes, they've also been advertising that to me. I've not... That's I've, on now, actually. That, I've not watched any Supernatural ever. Um, I'm actually at Season 11. Okay. I left it for a very long time and then stumbled across some episodes when it became on the streaming networks mm. and I've started watching it again and, and I'm still enjoying it because it just keeps chugging along. Yeah. It's like <laughs> an old faithful mule. Jared Jared Padalecki, Jensen Ackles. I'm just happy. I mean, he's really like to be working on a show for that long. And I, I was at a supermarket, a uh, shopping centre or something yesterday and um, saw uh, – a calendar um, booth, you know, mm. uh, where they they reminded five dollars each. Oh yeah, but I did see they had a supernatural calendar. Oh yeah, and a Jensen Ackles one. <laughs> so he's like one of the hunks. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. The yeah. pinup of the. I think I want to get into calendars again. Yeah. Um... <laughs> uh, okay, so they're also um, 
that, that that's the episode where they have uh, the Scooby Doo animated crossover season thirteen. What? The supernatural. Yeah, they All will right. do that on Supernatural. Okay, because it's silly, right? Like, it, well, not silly, but it doesn't take itself too seriously. No, they can they can yeah. they can step out of it and 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 do those sorts of things. I actually have been watching over the holidays. I went back and started watching Charmed again. That's on oh, Stan. Yeah been quite enjoying it. I used to watch that a lot when I was a lot younger, so it was kind of nostalgic. But that's because that's another show that doesn't take itself that mm. seriously. It's a bit silly. I, I'm, I'm innocent of Charmed. I've never watched it. Um, it was, yeah, it was very big when I was like, it was around Gilmore Girls, Buffy-esque yeah. era. And yeah. so they were like my three, my top three. Season six of the show that was cancelled but is back, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm seeing all the memes and promos. And, oh, that'll uh, be great. Yeah. I love that show. Yeah, I, I think... Nine, I, nine. Exactly. <laughs> I think it... And it's just so, I don't know, it's aware. Odd. It's odd. It, it's like Barney Miller, actually. It's the Barney Miller of its time. Mm. Uh, nobody knows what Barney I, Miller I'm is. I'm like nodding. Yeah, <laughs> no idea. Like you know. Uh, and that'll be on SBS On Demand, as will season two of The Orville, I think, from this Friday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And season one is still up from what I can tell. I had a look before. Fast streamed. So a whole bunch. Loads. Of stuff that's No need to leave up. the house. No need to leave the house. Yeah. That's oh, right. I can't wait to have a Potter marathon. I'm just going <laughs> to eat a bunch of... Just go potty. Potter yeah. themed food. I don't even know what that would be, but think of something. I'm sure there Jelly be. beans. Chocolate frogs. Well, Doctor Who. Chocolate frogs? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> Turkey Is there, legs. There must be a, a Hogwarts cookbook. There must be. There would be. Pumpkin, butter beer, pumpkin stuff. I, I don't know. I can't even say that. I'll look it up. At the movies in January, we've got Welcome to Marwen, mm. um, which is uh, – is that Steve Carell? No. Ah, um, oh, damn. It's, it's <laughs> gone, from, gone from my head. Let's but, see. But, but I remember watching the documentary. Steve Carell. There we go. Watching the documentary about the uh, – the man who that is the subject of the movie mm. uh, at one of the film festivals, and it was a really intense story. So if they've managed to capture that and put it up on screen, I'll be interested in it. We also have, as a double feature, animated DC, mm-hmm. um, The Death of Superman slash Reign of the Superman. That. Mm. That'll be interesting. I've seen The Death of Superman, actually, um, but... I don't know. It's all bleak, isn't it? Yeah. yeah I'm not bleak. that interested, to be honest. It doesn't grab me. Like, Spider-Verse is the film at the moment. Yes. And, oh, I don't know. I don't want to spoil it for people. I don't know if people care that much about the Golden Globes, but there was some good news. Let's oh, just say that. Good. Uh, <laughs> I did just... One I'm looking forward to, an Ar- another Arthurian movie after the um, disappointment of Transformers last night. Well, I don't know if I was mm. really disappointed. I mean, what you, how can you be disappointed when you go in expecting something to be a little bit crap? Yeah. Uh, and also um, King Arthur, you know, the Guy Ritchie movie last year. Too. You didn't, did you? I, we talked about it. I can't remember what I you thought. Like you didn't like it. It was pretty crap, basically. But the kid who would be king has Patrick yes. Stewart playing Merlin. How can it go wrong? I ask <laughs> don't, te- don't, don't tempt fate. <laughs> We've also got the M. Night Shyamalan movie. Uh, Shyamalan, I'll go with that Shyamalan. Uh, Glass. Yes, that's the follow-on from Split. And Unbreakable. Yes. and Who knew? I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm into that. I think James McAvoy just chooses the most interesting roles. I've seen Unbreakable, but I haven't seen Split, so I'm going to have to watch that. Mm. And that is streaming on one of the networks. I know that. Uh, Mary Queen of Scots, a good historical film. Yep. And Dragon Ball Super. 
Broly <laughs> coming out too. Goodness. So that's about it for the new stuff for now. Going to give you a track here to do our David Bowie homage for the day, oh, Rebel favorites. Rebel. But this is actually by um, Sue George from The Life Aquatic oh, with Steve Zizou because we're going to talk about Aquaman. Perfect. This is Neil Gaiman in the dangerous alphabet zero, G comes last, Z waits alone and it's not for a thing. Well, that pretty much sums it up, doesn't it? <laughs> it's so daggy. So we had that track there, uh, Rebel Rebel, Swear George's uh, interpretation of the Bowie classic for the Life Aquatic with Team Zizu. I thought that would be entirely appropriate. Mm. <laughs> it's always appropriate to play a version of Rebel Rebel. Because William Defoe, who stars in oh, yeah. Aquaman, was in The Life Zizu. Aquatic. Yeah, so he knew. I realised when I went in there that I hadn't... I mean, obviously I knew Momoa was in it, mm-hmm. key to my attraction to the film. Uh, I didn't realise, like, Defoe was in this. I didn't realise Kidman was in this. I didn't yeah. realise Patrick Wilson was in this. And I love him, even though he always plays, like, a bad man. <laughs> <laughs> bad. He's a bad man. He's a very bad man. Uh, this is the sixth instalment in the DCU. Um <laughs> Are we calling it that? Yeah, DC Extended Universe. Yeah, they call it DCEU. EU, it just yeah. rolls right off the top. It does, it does. Uh, it's directed by James Wan. Yes, who Australian. Is Australian. Yes, uh, who is, um, uh, I think he lives in Melbourne now, I'm not sure. Um, but um, I, I could be wrong there. He, he did his uh, first feature-length film called Stygian, in uh, which won the best guerrilla film at the Melbourne Underground Film Festival in 2000. Cool. Of course, he was the co-creator of the Saw franchise yes. with Lee Whannell, uh, all the way up to um, executive producer as well uh, of Jigsaw, so mm. the whole Involved. Lot. Yeah. Taking um, home the checks. The horror movies Dead Silence with True Blood's Ryan Quantern and Death Sentence with Kevin Bacon. Um, the Insidious. Yes, Patrick movies. Wilson. Patrick Wilson and uh, Rose Byrne and Barbara Hershey in the sequel as well. Yep. Uh, a reboot television series t- entitled MacGyver. <gasps> He's the executive producer of that. It was a that. reboot MacGyver? You haven't seen that? No. It, it, it's, it's streaming. I mean, no one can play MacGyver except MacGyver, but I'm going to check it out. I know. <laughs> uh, but he's also the producer of the new DC Swamp Thing series as oh, well. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, and, of course, he did Furious 7, mm. which is a big hit. And uh, was the producer of Annabelle, another horror movie yes. about the doll. And, and The Conjuring? No. Uh, yes, 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 he's the director and producer of The Conjuring That was a good series. one too, actually. Um, you know, so he's got a lot of chops in horror. Yeah, that's his <laughs> vibe, I think. And when you do get to some horrific bits in Aquaman, you really see that come to the fore. There were some very cool shots, I mm. will say. Uh, the screenplay for Aquaman is by David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick, who worked with Frank Darabont on the Shawshank Redemption. And then five years, and for five years afterwards, worked with him on that, which means that he ended up working on The Walking Dead oh, as well. Cool. Uh, and the Canadian horror film Red Riding Hood and Wrath of the Titans, which I feel is actually very apros of Aquaman, the tone of that sort of big epic. And Conjuring 2 and 3, so there uh, he yeah, plugs sure. in. Uh, Will, William Beale. Um, is uh, also in the, uh, the 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 credits. Uh, he's had a lot to do with the whole DCEU from um, uh, Superman, Batman, mm. you know, the whole lot. Um, Batman versus Superman and Dawn of Justice. Uh, there's a whole done a whole lot of these things, but um, 
also was the executive story editor of Castle ah. for a while. And the stories by Jeff Johns, who's got... Uh, who's a, an American comic book writer and screenwriter and so on, but he's um, done so much production work for DC mm. and Marvel too. He's actually worked on Marvel comics, everything from um, oh, Green Lantern, mm. and I mean the movie too. Yeah. Hey, he's worked with Ryan Reynolds, you know, that's yeah. High Wade. I was, <laughs> so, I was disappointed by that, but anyway, yeah. Uh, and um, actually that doesn't exist anymore, remember? Green Lantern doesn't exist. Oh, that's right, yeah. <laughs> Deadpool. <laughs> yep, gone. And, uh, well, at least doesn't exist with Ryan Reynolds. In it, yeah. <laughs> uh, he co-wrote the story for um, this Aquaman and also the screenplay for Wonder Woman 1984, the one that's coming up in 2020. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it says, he says a lot of people involved in this who know comics and stuff and you think, yeah, yeah that's actually for the good... Oh, they need desperately need that. This is a paint by numbers origin story. Yes, but uh, I good think numbers. Yeah, I think it's all of the bells and whistles are such that it it really shines up nice, mm. even though it's an <laughs> old shoe. Yeah, it, it polishes up nice. It does. <laughs> the tropes in it. The tropes in it. We have seen in so many other films. Some of them, many of them, Marvel films. Many of them recently. Yeah, and I, I mean. And to be fair, it's because they're like the stepping stones of this type of film as well. Like not the Steppenwolf stones, <laughs> but the Steppenstones. You know, there's not that much you can do with a story like this, really. So I get that. It has some advantages. The first of the fact, the fact, the first fact is that um, it's about Aquaman, a character who's been around a lot. Mm. I would almost call him not because of the powers, but he's almost like the Hawkeye. Of, of DC, um, he's got a, a skill set that seems applicable to certain things. But he's also like, I mean, unlike Hawkeye. But people pick he's on him. Sort of a joke. Yeah, that's what I was going for. He's a little bit of the funny choice. He's a joke on the Big Bang Theory. Yeah, and like you know, that's why they picked him for um, Entourage because it just seems so unlikely that there would ever be any issue with that mm. because there wouldn't be an Aquaman because it's so silly. And he he does actually. This is a case where. Um, Marvel or Timely or whatever actually got ahead of um, DC. Uh, the original character was created in 1941 mm. and I think the Submariner was like about before that. Not yeah, much right. not okay. much before that but enough yeah. so that the Marvel's aquatic king of Atlantis yeah. is earlier than um, the Submar- than um, Aquaman. I'm just setting things right in my head here. Uh, you just wanted to bring up Marvel again. <laughs> I don't. I won't. Um, but he's been in uh, my Aquaman, as you heard from that, uh, that 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 little bit of a snippet of the Aquaman theme from the 1960s television stuff. Mm. I remember him from there. That's when they started out, and he yeah. was in Superman and Super Friends. And people have been having a lot of fun with memes as well, of like shots of the Aquaman TV series with Momoa. Yeah. Obviously, there's large contrast there, and I've seen some pretty good. <laughs> but he does. Good stuff. He does actually get Aquaman's costume. Yeah, no, but I mean... In this film. And that's what I find Momoa, I think, is so perfect in this mm. because there's so much stuff that he has to do that is a bit ridiculous and any other actor it would look so naff, but he yeah, pulls it off and does. makes it look super freaking cool. Uh, we've even had Aquaman come up in a live-action TV show, Smallville, where um, Alan Richardson oh. played the character. So, you know, there's been a few um, things before, lots of cartoons and one bit but of But again, action. always a little bit silly. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Jason Momoa plays Arthur Curry, Aquaman. Mm-hmm. Um, he inhabits the role. He creates a role for this. He's done this before in um, 
uh, in uh, a snippet in the Batman versus Superman yeah. one and, and Injustice League. And Injustice League. Um, I'm not really on board with him playing it like the sort of dude bro mm. jock. He dials that back for this though. Yeah. I think like because the whole ho ho I just drink and I'm a larrikin thing they did that a bit more in Justice League mm. but in this he plays it a little more straight. We get an origin story in this where we find out um, why he is half half human half yes. aquatic king of the deep <laughs> half Atlantean half fish yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, that's it, a worthy origin story well told with Nicole Kidman um, playing a large part in that. Yep. Um, in one of her first, like, real superhero-y involvement things. Mm. She's not really done anything like that before. Oh, no, she's done plenty. May I beg to differ? Um, she's been in... Uh, she was in Batman Forever. But I mean as, like, <laughs> you mean a, in a, in a, a good comic film? book... Yeah, well, <laughs> like, as a comic book character. With an action figure. Like, yeah, like, kind <laughs> of a, you know... Actually, she might have got a Batman action figure. I don't know. I'm actually ill-informed about that. Was it the one with Riddler? Anyway. She was in um, the 1995 Batman Forever, which mm. had everybody in it. Uh, but she's been – she was in the Bewitched movie, Practical Magic. Again, I I mean, they're genre. And I'm not saying genre. I mean, like, a superhero. She film. has an action figure for the Golden Compass. Ooh. That's my measure. Mm. Uh, she was in The Killing of Sacred Deer, Stepford Wives, yeah. The Others, The Invasion, which is an invasion yeah. of the body snatchers. So she has some chops in the in genre oh, stuff. for sure. But she's not been involved in any kind of superhero franchise yet. I've seen her do. Isn't she in that? Isn't she coming up in a revenge um, movie where she plays a vengeful oh. something or other? Or a <laughs> vengeful something or other. Yeah. I mean, I'd watch it. Yeah. But but she she's she's the the butt kicking queen in this one, mm. which is great. Not Oliver Queen. She doesn't think Oliver Queen's butt. Strong but. women characters in this. Yes, uh, Amber Heard plays um, the uh, Mira, the yes. the, the uh, a princess of the deeps. Yes. We'll go with that. Red-headed, which is important in the plot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know too much about her, but uh, I did see her in Machete Kills. <laughs> yeah, she's been in a few bits and pieces. I've seen her in some stuff before. She took like a big break from acting for a while. We've got William Defoe, as we mentioned, playing an evil Grand Vizier. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, of course, Green Goblin mm. in the well. Marvel movies, in the Spider-Man movies. Uh, Tars Tarkas in the John Carter movie. And he's been in everything, basically. Oh, yeah. Know, so. I mean, you know who Willem Dafoe is. Yeah. Patrick Wilson um, playing uh, the Ocean Master mm-hmm. in this, who is obviously going to be in conflict with yes. any one would-be king. Uh, we've seen him in so much stuff, but he's actually been in uh, James Wan's movies, The Conjuring. Yes, and uh, uh, Insidious. Yeah, so they call him a bit of a scream king, actually. And he has been a superhero himself, well, of yes. sorts, in The Watchmen. Yes. In Watchmen. Night Owl 2. Yep. And Lou Solverson in uh, Fargo. Mm. Uh, that's where I remember him mostly from. And we've even got Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. <laughs> appearing in this. That was delightful. And I should also mention uh, Tamura Morrison playing um, uh, Aquaman's biological father. Yeah. Uh, who's he, he's a great actor. I mean, he was so wasted in um, the Star Wars movies. I think and, that's a really great choice. I kind of like what they did with Aquaman's heritage here. At least he redeemed himself in Green Lantern. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Uh, do you know that Jason Momoa actually um, 
studied marine biology. Oh, really? Yeah, I found that out. That's so cool. Apart from the fact that he starred in all those Stargate Atlantis series. Yeah, and And he was on Baywatch. Yes, and Game of Thrones. Of of course. course. I mean, that's where people mostly know him from. And Frontier too. Um, I think he's so such a good choice in this. Look, he's got the physicality to play uh, uh, Ackleman, which we never really thought about. Yeah. I know, and until actually later in Aquaman's um, career, you started thinking, oh, yeah, he's really buff. So that makes sense. He looks good doing ridiculous things like riding fish and stuff. And he's got a martial arts background too, a bit of that um, uh, that Brazilian uh, mm. martial art. It is and that shows, and stuff, I think. It shows. Yeah. Um, although that scar that he got, he got in a bar fight. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a real scar. Because he's such a rogue, see? Yeah. <laughs> I think one of his tattoos means... Um, Always stay drunk or something like that. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I actually thought this is a movie with a great supporting cast that mm. brings everything together. Uh, I think they did very well there. And the main, you know, the main star, I think he does carry the, the role of Aquaman well. Whether or not it's a, a part that, that, that is going to be, that, that's very deep, ironically, mm. I, don't, I don't think so. But I mean, I think... It's fun, and he plays it to be watchable. Yep. You watch him kick butt. I think him and him and Amber Heard have a really nice chemistry. I think she's very watchable. Yep. I quite liked her. I mean, I also think like half the time he's just posing and fighting and saying funny lines. Like, and at the end of the day, like I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that being kind of the the extent of things. I because I did think it was something that I noticed in this, even though I did really enjoy it. There was just this inherent silliness in it. And I think there's something about the Marvel films, not that I'm comparing, but I think that they have this energy where they take themselves, they play it so straight that that you don't have those silly-seeming moments, whereas in this there were definitely moments where I was like, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. And this is what people think these films... Like when Patrick Wilson puts on that weird seahorse battle mask. Yeah. I was like, who designed that? He looks like a fool. Again, great film. <laughs> looks great. But there's just this element that you giggle about. They were trying... They were going for um, Star Wars underwater. Yeah. Mixed with a bit of Avatar, it looks to me. Mm. And... Um, but I actually enjoyed the the scale of this sea story. The effects are sick as well. Like it looks oh, great is, down there, and there are some great moments in there. And that we haven't seen because they haven't really done. No. Um, well, there have been other uh, underwater movies, of course, a big long history of those, and it's really hard to do well. And that I don't think that should be underestimated. That no. having a large chunk of the film take place underwater and mm. kind of figuring out how to tackle that and still make it really watchable. I think that's a really big achievement. Yeah, so full of points for that. They get lots of kudos for that because that's that's really hard. At no moment are you like, oh, this is hard to watch or anything like that. Mm. I think they they do a good job of balancing that out. Uh, The story, like I said, the story itself won't light any fires anywhere, particularly not underwater. Um, There's a superfluous character, I feel, uh, although the actor's fine. Oh, um, yeah. uh, Black Manta. I I, forgot about that storyline for a large chunk. He's just there to give the... um, uh, the character a bit of original sin, yeah, you know, and and it doesn't really go anywhere. It feels like it's left over from another draft. Did you hang around the end? I did to see what was going on, and actually, I've forgotten what it was already now. Yeah, but do I mean do hang around until the end of the credits? 
There's not a post credits per se. It's like a mid credits, I guess. Yeah, you would not call till it. the end. Yeah, so you'll know once it's you've a mid credits scene. You know. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think there's more that they're planning to do here. Of course, Black, like Black Manta actually is a, a character they're bringing back for other stuff. That's what I'd, I'd figured. But yeah. overall, I give this a, a zero G rating. I go, yeah, yeah, same. Yeah, not a, not a, not really a. The story didn't pull me in as much to be able to give it a, 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 a hell yeah or mm. um, or a halibut yeah. But some of the fight scenes were good. Uh, yeah, they were awesome. Some of them. The yeah. choreography was good for the fight yeah. scenes. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not surprised because I felt like they were going into the Black Panther mode for this mm. one in, in that they've created an entirely new environment. Yeah. Uh, like Asgard or Wakanda yeah. or um, um, the, and they have the planet in um, uh, Thor Ragnarok. They have gone all in on that, I think, in terms of yeah. creating that. And I like I liked that. Mm. Um, and there, like I said before, there were some great shots, I think, yeah. Um, some uh, stuff that was really nicely done. Yeah, so. I just think of so many ones in there. I can picture them in my head now. As mm. a, you know, not jostling in there, and you know that that's that means they were really good scenes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The dialogue's pretty ordinary. I mean, there's funny moments. I yeah. think mainly Momoa's character gets all the good lines. Yeah. Um, but it just doesn't sing. Some of the stuff Patrick Wilson has to say is like, God, that's taken from like, you know, overlooked brother handbook 101. Like, our <laughs> captain exposition here. Yeah. I mean, he does. I mean, and again, he really throws himself into it. Like, there's a lot of him shrieking and, and like flying about. And I'm like, Patrick Wilson, you are a serious actor and I respect you for doing this. It's nice to see William Defoe play a good guy, even though he is an evil vizier, but that's from one person's perspective. Yeah, I <laughs> I thought that was that was a nice relationship. They didn't have as much time to be really yeah. resonant, but it was enough. Well, okay, we, we, we were um, pleasantly happy with um, yeah, Aquaman. I think so. And that's about it for Zero G for today. Uh, we've got Holly coming in next, standing in for Joe Brunetti. <laughs> and we'll go out with a track from the Aquaman movie soundtrack album. Not one of the songs, mm. um, but this is uh, by Rupert Gregson Williams, Between Land and Sea. So onwards and forwards to the future, or back to it, in 2019 for Zero G. Thanks, Megan. Thank you, Rob. This has been a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Want to hear more? Check out our website at rrr.org.au.